This is Anthony Pascal. And this is Lori Elster. And this is Matt Wright. And this is Sabrina Wood. And this is the All Access Star Trek podcast. Yep, we're switching it up today. We are taking a look back at Star Trek in 2022 and then ahead at Star Trek in 2023. And we wanted to do that with some friends. So we have Matt Wright from the Shuttlepod podcast and Sabrina Wood from the Sci-Fi Sisters. Very exciting. Hi, guys. Hey. Hello. Thank you for joining us. We have so much to get through. I feel like we should jump right in. And look at the shows. We're going to look at them in order of what is coming up first in 2023. And we'll talk about what we thought about the episodes of that show that aired last year. And then look ahead to what's coming now. So let's start with the next show we know is coming in February. Star Trek Picard. Sabrina, why don't you give us your thoughts on season two, if you dare. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you want to start off with me, but I, you know, I am let to start it off. I am probably not the biggest TNG fan. Oh, I know. Please don't wait in. Uh, so, you know, Picard, I, I love the first season. I love the first season. And that second season had some really good things in there for me. Um, I loved I, it, it. Started off with a bang. I loved young, young uh, Guinan. Um, I thought the production was great. Um, my favorite thing in the whole show was the retro apartment that the <laughs> that they walked through that door. I yeah. thought they nailed that apartment. Whoever doing art direction, I mean, give them an Emmy. And then you know there was so much stuff in it. So many things were happening. And then I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it all fell apart. Yeah, I don't think anybody <laughs> knows what happened. The really. wheels came <laughs> off. I don't know. We were stuck in that basement, and I don't know. It's just I don't know. But um, I'm hoping that the third season is going to be a bang. I, I think the second season it suffered from a lot of things. One is too many showrunners, and it was shooting under the worst of COVID. And they were doing two seasons back to back. So that kind of dictated a lot of how they shot the show and why they spent so much time in Los Angeles and kind of overstayed their welcome. Because all great time travel Star Trek stuff, if you think about like Star Trek 4, yes, there's a lot of time in San Francisco, but it isn't, you know, the whole thing. Yeah, it started off great. First couple episodes were fantastic, you know, and then there was some good stuff here and there. The show has good writers. It has, as you said, Dave Blass is a great production designer, great visual effects. So, you know, it has the people and the talent there. And we're just hoping that the pieces come together better in the future. But they didn't in season two, certainly by the end, even though there was some great stuff. Like I liked the goodbye to Q and a few other things through the season. Oh, yeah. Goodbye, Q. I mean, not only did we spend too much time in the past, but I also think there were very major story plots and threads that they just never explained why they happened that way. I still don't understand half of what happened. I still don't understand why Q decided to do things the way he did. It made no sense to me at all. It was puzzle for puzzle's sake. So Right. And there were great scenes and great moments but there was just so much like what does that have to do with anything and why did he want you know Tsung to kill Picard and why did he need it there were anyway there are a hundred <laughs> different things mixed in with very good moments beautiful production design really good acting from everybody across everybody, the board everybody yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah all the Borg Queen stuff both the Borg Queen and the Agnes Queen I thought was great 
throughout the whole season. Both actresses were great, you know, so that was a really interesting part of the season. So, you know, it's easy to dismiss Picard season two is just it sucked. And it's like, mm. and, you know, perhaps it did. But there was a lot of good stuff in there, I feel. The Borg stuff to me was the most interesting thing in the whole story, to be honest. Yeah. Well, because it paid off, you know, at the end. You only have 10 episodes and you bring in Q, multiple Brent Spiners, multiple <laughs> Borg Queens, you know, and, and you bring in young guy. In it. I mean, you get so much stuff going. Well, let's throw in Picard's father, too. Oh, well, you know, what? Yeah. who else do we have in here? You know, that's when you kind of got all crazy. I mean, any one of those major people, you could have done the whole show with just the Borg and, and Q or... I would have loved to see Guinan and Q mix it up. I was waiting yeah. to see a fight, you know? <laughs> I wanted to see that too, yeah. Like, what yeah, the heck? Yeah, yeah. And you had that great story with the the minor character, the guy, the uh, the FBI guy, the one that was uh, oh, the yes. child. He was the little boy. I mean, they had some mm-hmm. incredible writing in there. And then you just, like, you you went nowhere with it. It just, yeah. like, oh, it was, it was frustrating. Yeah. It was so frustrating how much th- good stuff they wrote, and it didn't tie together. I think that's the key takeaway for Picard season two. Frustrating. I think yeah, that's the I, key word right I there. I was going to agree. If I could sum it up in one word, that would be it. I agree. But, and mostly because we saw so much potential. That's right. Oh. I, think so, that, I think that's why it's so frustrating is there are nuggets of potential. And we're like, come on, come on. Well, so I think that's a perfect segue yeah. into season three, the final season of Star Trek Picard, which like the other two seasons is going to be very distinct. I mean, it's mm-hmm. going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. More different than, you know, one and two were different. This will be even more different than either yeah. of those. I, I mean, know. you can tell right away from like the little glimpses we've seen of it. They get once again, decided to change the uniforms, which I get because they're try- again trying to put their own stamp on it. It just everything looks a little different in a good way, you know, like you can tell it's starting over kind of another kind of soft reboot. <laughs> Sabrina, as someone, I mean, I think the three of us are all big Next Generation fans. So what was your reaction to the announcement of the reunion, even though we're not supposed to call it that? I was like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Fair enough. Yeah. I am, I am you know, I, 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 I like Next Generation. I mean, it was what we had. Like I'm a I'm a TOS person, so yeah. you're never going to get me to say anything else. I'm a TOS person, and those of uh, so many more people because we were all dying off. <laughs> so many more people <laughs> came in as TNG fans, and for those you know the TOS people, we're like mm, okay, but some people just really love it, and there, there's a lot of stuff in, in Next Gen that I love. You know, I'm glad that they're going to do the reunion. As far as I was concerned, you know, Nepenthe was enough for me. That was enough reunion. I don't need another reunion. Tell me mm-hmm. something else, but I'm okay. You know what? You're going to bring LeVar in, then I'm in. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If yeah. LeVar comes back, fine. With his daughter, no less. Yeah, I like that. that they yeah, I love that daughter. his daughter's going to play yeah. his daughter. It's that's nice. nice. I like that, yeah. too. Yeah, that's very nice. Yeah, like that. And possibly setting up a spinoff show. They've talked about how, I think LeVar's talked about how they want to set up the next next generation. Young LaForge. Ensign Lieutenant LaForge could be part of some future Star Trek show. Yeah, that's yeah. true. They would like that to happen. So, in addition to the Next Generation cast, we're still we still get uh, Rafi and Seven, which is good. Darn right. And I yeah. and I do hope that whatever they spin off includes them. Oh yeah, my yeah. gosh, they're be crazy again not to. two of the strongest characters. Well, one is Legacy, but one is new. You know, Rafi is a great character. Yep. From the gate, really liked her. 
really and engaging. She, she really got, I felt, ripped off in season two. Yeah, they really did. Like, to yeah. see her go back to her. She was so uh, great in season one. And she yeah. always, Michelle Hurd always delivers an amazing yeah. performance no matter what. Yeah. But yeah, they, you, they did just sideline her pretty much in season two, which is just I mean, they were like the bickering couple. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they were. I mean, yeah. how do you go from, um, you know, you hold the hands one minute and then I don't even see the romance. You just jump right to bickering. I'm like, <laughs> I don't even believe these two were together. That's the thing. I didn't believe them as a couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I didn't see them become romantic or fall in love with each other. Mm-hmm. They were just eating cake and that was it. The next thing I know, <laughs> they were right. bickering all the time. I was like, yeah. Wait, wait. Well, because th- we missed like a year and a half. They jumped a year and a half. So we missed like that year and a half where they were actually the honeymoon phase, right? They were True. still happy with each other. Yeah. But, but yeah, I want to see that. Yeah. Did, did you guys <laughs> check out the audio drama that they did with those two? Mm-mm. Because that. That was good, and I felt like that gave a little more of a foundation to their relationship. Don't you think, Tony? Yeah, and it was set in between the seasons, and there was a bit more romance. It added a a lot more depth. But I think they're going to do a better job with Michelle in season three. From what we've heard, she's going to be doing more action and stunts. And Terry was a guest on this, Terry Metalis on this podcast. And he, he didn't say they didn't do a good job with her in season two, but he kind of admitted they're going to change things up with her in season three, you know? So I think it's kind of an acknowledgement of that issue. Good. Right. Great. I'm happy. There are two things that have me worried about Picard season three, although I'm very much looking forward to it, mostly because I am also an original series girl. That's how I grew up, but I love next gen also. So I am so excited to see everybody back and, and to give the women their due, which they never had before. Yes. Oh yeah. Thank so that'll you. be exciting. That's why I'm, I'm very... not a big TNG fan. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. No, that's, one. that's understandable. Yeah. They, they did not do a great job. I'm glad to see Beverly come back in there. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. Troy, let Troy do something. My goodness. Um, <laughs> But one, I think like everyone a little worried about the overdoing it on the fan service. Mm-hmm. And like to the point that it distracts. And then two, like I love Amanda Plummer and I think she's a brilliant actress and I'm excited that she's joining Star Trek, but I got a little nervous when she's very mustache twirly in the trailer. Oh yeah. Mm. It's worrying. I worry. Yeah. Her father was a bit over the top in his performance as General Chang, but it's wonderful at the same time. But I have a sense that Terry was thinking about that as he was creating the role and directing her, which he does direct her in a couple episodes, and he's certainly in charge. So she may be Shakespearean in in the way the character is drawn broadly, is my guess. Generously I would think put. so. Oh, and yeah. Listen, we're talking about Star Trek. There's so much Shakespearean in Star Trek that mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Don't worry, Tony. It's going to be all right. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm actually not worried about that. Okay. Um, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm more worried about the fan service stuff. Yeah. Know, Moriarty. Yes. Do we need Moriarty? Yeah, that's according to Terry. We do. Oh, listen. I. You know what? If if you're gonna go back to next gen, bring him back. That made me happy. I thought he was one of the funniest, best villains that they ever had. He was just gonna take over the whole damn ship from the holodeck. <laughs> right. Come on. Yeah, I wasn't excited about him at all. And then I recently rewatched both of those episodes. And then I was like, okay, no, there's something here worth exploring. Well, if the person writing it truly knows the Sherlock Holmes person, then I'm Mm -hmm. excited because he's brilliant 
and he's evil. And if you get those two right, this is going to be good. And adding on the how they're going to treat the female characters with more depth, I, yeah, I think we're going to get that with all of them. You know, Lavar's getting a, a wife and a family, and yeah. and and Riker's going to stand up to Picard and argue with him. They're all and Worf's embracing pacifism. Yes, you know, but he's still a captain. You know, he's still. You know, I, I think he's not. He 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 just is interested in it. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds complicated. The point is, it sounds complicated, which is good. You know, they've got 10 episodes, and so they have a lot more room. I'm very much looking forward to this is billed as the proper send off of the next generation crew, even though they're all saying how they want to do more, but that this will do what Nemesis didn't do. Mm. And although I think of Legacy Trek, Next Generation had the best send off. That is the one finale that I was not somewhat upset with. Only next gen, like, closed down the seven seasons with something that, it, which was so good that they even opened the show with that ending. So, I mean, the show, the series ending was one the of the series best series good, finales right. ever, like, yes. even outside yeah. of Star Trek. Yes. It was yes. really great. But the, then the movies came, and then we got this. Sorry, crap movie. I don't count the movies. No, ruined it. Yeah, ruined it. <laughs> Yeah. Sabrina, you just don't count them? <laughs> no, you know what it is about the movies? Like, the movies are always made for everybody else. Yep. Yeah. Very and I true. really, it's not that I don't count the movies and I know the movies have to be canon, but I always give them a, like, a, you know, whatever. Because you're going to do <laughs> things in the movies that you're not, you you don't really, you, you're trying to get all these people that, like you said, they think Chris Pine is the real Captain Kirk. Like, oh, right, whatever. Right. For those people, yep. here's your movies and I'll watch them. Yes, I will go to anything that says Star Trek. But are they my favorites? And I'm like counting what they did as as real canon? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think, though, one thing we will get from the movies is more of the, the original series. A lot of Star Trek II, Star Trek III, Star Trek IV vibes, just from production design, ship battles, stuff like that, which I'm excited about because I'm a ship nerd. Yeah. You know, there's a good side to that as well, which I think they're going to try to evoke. Should we move on to the next show we think is on the lineup? Yeah. So our best guess uh, for the next show in 2023 will be Strange New Worlds, which will probably come around you know, late spring like it did for season one. So let's talk about that first season. Matt, why don't you kick us off? What did you think of the premiere season of Strange yeah, New Worlds? Yeah. Well, you know, Strange New Worlds, a lot riding on it, right? Because so much it was sort of the fan demanded show, right? So I was very curious about it. Um I liked the beginning few episodes more than towards the end, I must say. I thought was the first few episodes were pretty good. I liked Children of the Comet stands out, you know, to me. And and then it just sort of, well, Lori and I agree on this. It really got lost with the Gorn stuff that just took me out of it. it they became the xenomorphs of the Star Trek universe for some reason. They, you know, the, like the alien movies which I don't like, but I enjoyed, you know, the first, well, no, I was it the first handful were really quite enjoyable and I'm not entirely sold on some of this episode, but I did mostly like the finale, you know, the quality of mercy, which sort of, oh. it's like, you know, what if Pike was in balance of terror? Of course, as someone who also grew up loving TOS, it's really hard for me not to immediately see it. 
<laughs> with with Kirk in command and the way it really, really should have unfolded. It was sort of sort of bothered me. But at the same time, I liked it. And I like seeing, you know, the what if. Still not sold on their Kirk either, by the way. We'll see. Paul Wesley. I mean, I think you and I agree on a lot of that stuff, Matt. I really disliked the finale, I have to say, looking back at it. I thought they created amazing characters. I loved all the characters for the most part. Like, I think Uhura emerged for me as one of the strongest because we knew so little about her and they had a lot of room to play in a way that really worked. I actually like eased up on all my skepticism about Chapel and Spock because <laughs> I think the actors were doing such a good job and they added a lot of complexity to that relationship. But like Matt, to me, go- like a monster that you just physically fight is not interesting to me. And I thought just copying an existing episode as your finale didn't interest me and Kirk didn't do it for me. But I'm still excited because there was so much good stuff in there and tons of good acting, beautiful production. Again, a lot of nice writing. Sabrina, what did you think of that first season? Well, I think it's with three for three here. Um, my favorite episode of the entire run was Children of the Comet. And nice. yeah. I've said it's because it did not rely on TOS at all. And that's the crutch that I hope they lose because it's a great show. It's a great cast. They've got their own thing going on, their own relationships on that ship to explore. Even though they are based on characters that we know from TOS, they can tell a whole different story. Um, and so, yes, I the the last episode, Quality of Mercy, yeah, it, it, it didn't rankle me too much because they pulled out a really important fact that, you know, whatever happens in that universe, Spock must live. I said, oh, you know what? All right, if that's what we're going to come away with, if that's the takeaway, <laughs> I'm okay with that. I am okay. But, uh, you know, uh, to the way to get there, you know, I'm going to give Paul Wesley a, a free pass. You know what? There's nothing you can do. As much as people talk about, you know, William Shatner, good or bad or whatever, whatever, you know, now that we've got somebody else playing him, you know, everybody's like, well, oh, this guy's not, <laughs> this guy's not. nobody's the Shat. <laughs> nobody can be yeah. the Shat. That's all there no, is to it. Not even Chris shat. Pine. Nobody. Nope. Chris Pine's nobody. his own yeah. version. Yeah. So don't, I mean, so I'm going to let it go. I mean, I'm going to let it go. But um, yes, <laughs> I think the thing that I really was finding um, annoying a little was there was so much borrowing from TOS. And I really wanted them to give me a new alien, give me a new stuff. They did that in Children of the Comet. I thought that was a beautifully written. I, I just absolutely love it. The thing I also really love is watching the progression of um, Ethan Peck playing Spock. He yeah. seems to be quite confident in his Spock and what he's going to bring to that character. And I think, you know, when he first started and we heard him uh, talk at a few conventions, he was he was definitely, you know, it was a heavy mantle to, to put on his shoulders. Um, but, you know, if you've got Gregory Peck, you know, DNA in you, you can handle it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy to see his Spock become different from Nimoy's, different from Quinto's, and and be just a wonderful thing. I, I can't wait to see what he's going to bring to that character every every single week. Tony, how about you? Preparing for this, looking back at the season, I realized like each one of these episodes, I look at the title and I remember the episode and I remember how different it was from each of the other episodes, which means they fulfilled their mission, which is to create a show with a variety episodes with different tones, episode of the week. The surprise for me was how well the show added this layer of serialized character arcs 
on top of those different tones. You know, but I, I, I think I like the, the show better than you guys. I, I really like the show. Yes, it relies too much on TOS, but you know, they did stuff like I really like the episode uh, "Lift Us Where Suffering Cannot Reach," where they, you know, they had that moral dilemma, and it was the child plugged into the machine episode and stuff like that. So it just. It was a delight. And, you know, the show's really been doing well with critics. And I think fans are happy for demanding the show. They got what they wanted. But I hope that, you know, now's the time for them to drop the the TOS callback training wheels and really (laughs) fulfill the mission. Yeah. I I love the show. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love the show. I mean, I I rewatch it. That's my litmus test. I rewatch it. Yeah, right. And it's enjoyable. It's definitely like some episodes more than most and, you know, not all of them, but it's fun. And the, the interplay between the characters is terrific. And I also liked ones where they had multiple stories going within the same episode because that always, you know, adds some dimension. Yeah, I loved, I loved all of it. I, I, I really was sad to see Hammer go. But I like yes. the horror, the horror and Hammer. I like that relationship that they were building. I thought it was yeah. really interesting. So, you know, right off the break, they came out like, she's like, what are you doing? What are you talking? You're hazing me. What? And got to the point where at the end, you know, we were in tears. Yeah. Yeah. Which shows that unlike some other shows, they, they had planned out the season. They created this character to kill him. They knew that this thing from the <laughs> beginning, he, he was there for Uhura. Basically, that was his primary role is to get her to move from I don't know if I want to be in Starfleet to yeah, I want to be in Starfleet for sure. And he was a great character. And I guess, you know, like Spinal Trap drummers, they're going to keep on going through engineers (laughs) until they get to Scotty. Yeah, we saw Scotty's arm in the finale. (laughs) Don't need to hurry there. (laughs) Oh, it's like like TNG engineers. How many do we have before we got... (laughs) Oh, yeah, we, yeah we went through a was, few. Yeah, engineer of the day on season one. Of wow, that was yeah. that was that was all in first season. I think we must have seen yep. four engineers. Yeah, it's crazy. I will say, I did. Li- I was so skeptical when they were doing Nurse Chapel because they mess. They did mess with some of the yeah. facts. I'm doing air quotes um, <laughs> of her history, but the original series played her crush on Spock for laughs for the most part. And I think that this is going to be a much better exploration oh, of, yeah. of her feelings and why it's difficult. They've already done some of that. They're, they're already laying the groundwork for that. And I, I found that stuff much more compelling than I expected. And then I love, you know, Ortegas, great character. Oh, yeah. Can't, can't wait to see more. So going forward, we got a big season two coming for this show. Yeah. Ortegas is going to finally get her own episode, which we yes. saw a clip of on Star Trek Day, where they're returning to Rigel 7, right? Yeah. Right. So that's kind of exciting. Mm, um, yes. The fur hats and everything <laughs> should be fun. And, I mean, Carol Kane, I am very excited about Carol Kane. Go watch her in anything she's in, and she will. she's a scene stealer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering so. if it's going to be all played for laughs. Like, is she just going to be so like cantank- <laughs> but even more cantankerous than Tig? Is that where they're going? I mean, I'm <laughs> curious. She's great. You know, so I, it's definitely an interesting element. We'll have to see. I'm dying to see a clip of her. Oh, but just, yeah. Just the idea that she's joined Star Trek to me is 
really amazing. And in fact, I look at her and Amanda Plummer and I'm like, one of them's 65, one of them's 70. The age of women this age being important figures in Star Trek is fantastic. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I mean, let's. I mean, if you think about it, they should be anyway. That's that's like sixty five is like middle aged in the future. It's you know what I mean. Like right. you've got another sixty five plus years to go anyway. Yeah. At that point, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because people live to like one twenty, one thirty. Like that's fine. You should that we should be seeing older veterans like that. It's totally true. And and Michelle Yeoh is waiting in the wings for her Star Trek show. Yep. She just yeah. Heard Please, 60, right? please, please, Lord, please. <laughs> if, yes. If they can find a moment to get her over this, she's got to be <laughs> yeah. so hot. Right yeah. now. She wins that Oscar, and I'm going to yeah. put it right out there. Please, I want her to win Best Actress. Yes. Then, you know, it's like, I don't mm-hmm. know if they have enough money. <laughs> yeah. Right. That, that, I, mean, that, I hope yeah. she does because she deserves it. But oh, yes. that, that may just push her right out of, yeah. you, you know, because she just won't be available. Yeah, Oscar yeah, exactly. winning That's actress. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe they can find a way to have her show up for an episode or two if they can't if they won't be able to do a series with her. I think she loves Star Trek enough that she'll do it. <laughs> she does love it. I mean, she wants to be involved. But yeah, I mean, who would have predicted for her career like global superstar <laughs> at this yeah. age? It's fantastic. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. So season two looks like it's going to be the same kind of variety pack situation with different tones anson has talked about how they're going to be exploring some of the edges of star trek's optimism but at the same time you're going to get the lower decks crossover episode yeah directed by freaks yeah in the world yeah no talk about a variety pack of different tones huh like i'm (laughs) like okay i still don't know how we're going to do this but i'm I'm intrigued yeah exactly I can't wait. That's the thing I'm probably most excited about is that I feel like that crossover is just going to be batshit crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Mike McMahon was involved in the writing to make sure the character sounded right and to punch it up. So, yeah, but everything we've heard, they're just going, they're going more extreme, you know, so whatever they did in season one, they're going to do more of in season two. The co-showrunner Henry's talked about they're going to do something they've never done on Star Trek before. And I've heard him say this a few times and I keep on thinking about what, you know, what's something mm, they've what? never done. But yeah. That's how they're at least thinking is it in the in the room that they're they're trying to break new norms and set new standards and do new things. And yet they brought in Paul Wesley to play Kirk. You know, so they're yeah. they're also doing that, too. It's interesting. I'm excited to see Cybok. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but <laughs> it was just so much, you know, everybody always says, like, how could how could uh, we not know that Michael was Spock's sister? I said, you know, Spock never told anybody anything. He didn't right. tell anybody about Cyborg. He didn't tell Kirk that, you know, that his father was Sarek until the man nope. was on the ship. That's he right. never told anybody anything. I don't understand why you're confused that this is just another person he never told us about. He didn't so, tell them he was engaged until her face right. appeared on the view so the, screen. There's the pre- <laughs> oh, oh, uh, oh, yeah, I'm engaged. So yeah. why are you surprised by Michael? <laughs> don't understand. Go back and look at the show. Spock right. tells nobody anything. That's I wrote right. a whole editorial about that for Trek Movie before the show even it, premiered. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm hoping that I would love to see, you know, number one, Sarah come back and somehow with Cybok in this. And I want to see the Vulcan princess. That's his mother. 
So it's, oh, I want to see Zara yeah. married to somebody other than Amanda and who this woman is, you know, because that's <laughs> got to be the one that he was joined to. And I mean, I can't wait. Give me a little bit of that. I'll, <laughs> I'll that'll explain Cybok to me. That's why I want I want to see the tangential stuff from Cybok. I don't necessarily want to see him, but give me his mama. Oh, yeah, I'm all about it. We haven't seen any um, other Discovery actor characters. So because James Frain obviously played Cybok, so they, I'm not Cybok. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So they could bring him back. I'd love to see Mia Kirshner. I thought she was terrific on Discovery. As Amanda, yeah. Yeah, I um, would love to see her show up oh, in yeah. Strange New Worlds. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought they were great. I really did. I, I agree. I like both of those actors in those parts. So it was spot on. I can only assume it's a matter of time, you know. I'm betting a Klingon will show up. Maybe I don't know if it's going to be Mary Chifo, but I think the Klingons are going to show up because they all. Yeah. Oh, that would be great if it was Mary Chifo. Please, just for her. I'm like, I, I would love to see her, and I want it for her as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, yes, I'm pretty sure Klingons show up. There's been some strong rumors that that's going to happen. I suspect they'll look even more TNG era. They're pretty traditional, yeah, looking. Yeah. <laughs> Got to walk that back some more. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. <laughs> but I haven't been excited about Cybok until now, Sabrina. So now you made me actually well, see the positive do side so of doing Cybok. If, yeah. If you bring him back, he's, come on, it's going to be good. I'm not sure well, how he... they're going to unwind the thing with number one. I mean, she clearly broke the rules and it's still illegal in the 24th century and you know i'm sure they've they've got a way out of it but she's mm. kind of in a very bad spot um, yep yeah but they, i don't think they would have written it if they didn't already have an out right no they probably do for sure yeah. but the, you know Just... the, being that this the way the show is i think they're gonna want to wrap that up quickly so which is probably why they have a comic book that's adding some more depth to it because <laughs> um, my bet is the episode 11, you know, by the end of it, she'll be back in her chair. Let's hope. I do hope she gets more screen time because she was also someone who got, you know, shuttled off a lot. She had a few good moments, like m- maybe one or two episodes, but then a lot of times she was just off doing something else. Yeah. Yeah. She would just disappear for like half an episode. And I, you know, as I've said before, I think it, the problem is, is that Spock is such a dominant character in the zeitgeist that they just want to use Spock more, even though she's the first officer and he ends up being more prominent on the show. Yeah. If they go with the TOS trio and making those three, the trio, not that I have anything against Dr. Mabinga, but Hmm. um, you know, that's a, that's a lot of acting there that you could definitely do so much with those three on the bridge. Yep. And they play off of each other really well. I mean, I love the short trek that she did with, with Ethan Peck. I thought they were mm-hmm. hysterical together. So I would like to see more of of her training him to take that position. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That yep. would actually be really smart of them to start doing that. Anything else for that show or should we move on to the next one? I say it's time to get animated. <laughs> <laughs> Our best guess is that the next show coming after that will be Lower Decks. For the fourth season. I can't believe that already. Wow. What did you guys think of last season? That show is just, (laughs) it's just so crazy. You just never know 
what is going to happen? Now, I was not an early fan. If the rest of the sci-fi sisters are like, oh, what is she going to say? Because um, <laughs> I, I, I'm just not, I, I just wasn't looking forward to it when it first came out. I think I didn't even watch it the first season, but I'm a completist, so I had to go back and watch it. And they won me over. They definitely did. And this season, they just had some hysterical things. I cannot wait to see what is going to happen. They're laying so many different things down that, you know, there's so many things that are sitting in that room that they keep locking away. <laughs> I can't wait for, you know, Peanut Hamper and the other thing to get together and take over the universe. But <laughs> uh, <right. laughs> Jeffrey Combs, yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, they should not have put them in the same room. No. no. Yeah. 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 Yeah, right next to each other. No, yeah. shouldn't have done that. Don't no. put all your AI masterminds next to each other. <laughs> what did you think of that episode? That nutty, crazy bird people episode. I didn't know what. I'm laughing. I can't. Somebody else talk. <laughs> I mean, I I loved season three. They leaned more into character in season three, so I thought the. They're still reliant on the same kind of gags, but less reliant. There's more organic character-based humor through the season. So I thought it was a very strong season. But if you if you love the show and you just want the over-the-top gags and the references, there were some episodes that had hardly any, like the Peanut Hamper episode, <laughs> which was set entirely on this bird people planet, basically. Um, Nuts. <laughs> so they're willing to take some risks it wasn't my favorite episode of the season, which is probably either probably the crisis point to episodes, probably yeah. my favorite. Same, I think. And, and of course, he just the DS9 episode was a delight. Oh, yes. On so many levels. I just rewatched that today, actually. <laughs> it was beautiful. Great guest star and just so much fun to see those guys again. And they again, that's the way to do it. Right. They came up with right. a new story. Lots of new funny stuff, something to say about it, a way that their characters integrated with it that made sense and that didn't just feel like, you know, they're they're pandering. Oh, the Bajoran one-upping was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I actually think it was probably the strongest season, although there have been great strong episodes in every season, but I think it just keeps getting better, Lower Decks. I agree. You know, again, that's that's one, too, that it, it, it almost feels like that is being serialized. You know, there's a lot that you must know what happened before or who the relationships. And um, so, you know, you got to pay attention, even though you're there for the gags, maybe, and you're there for the you know, the um, the references. But there's still a, a story arc in there and there's still things happening. So it's really it's well done. I mean, I think the two animated series do some of the best storytelling. Yeah. Yes. And it's it's really kind of crazy that they get this done in a half an hour. Sometimes I think Lower Decks is really hard because you've got to watch it. I've got to watch it twice. I must, you know, I just feel like I'm missing so much because it's just going by so fast and the yeah. dialogue is so fast. And I just like, okay, I got to watch that again. <laughs> but <laughs> they're getting a lot in a few minutes. I think they literally speed up um, Tawny Newsom's dialogue. You know, they do. I wouldn't doubt it. They're very, very densely packed episodes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you're looking for the references, you kind of have to watch it twice. But I, I still feel like it, each episode stands on its own. Mm-hmm. Although this season, they were very good at slightly serializing. So they dropped the hints about Rutherford's eye thing and the conspiracy. And it all wrapped up in a, in a 
pretty nice bow at the end. And then they even tied in something from the previous season when they brought back Badgie at the end. Right, right. In a post credit scene, uh, right. which is rare for all of these shows. I think it's the only show that's done a post credit scene. I think so, yeah. At the end, Badgie's being captured. Who do we think is capturing Badgie? Hmm. I think it's Evil Boimler and the Section 31 people. Oh, yeah, that makes I, sense. <clears throat> I would lean towards that, yeah. I was going for the Packlets. <laughs> yeah, I think I initially was thinking well, it was Packlets, yeah. and then... That's a whole lot of trouble if it really is the Packlets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just want to see them again. Yeah. I do love that they've but they became such big villains. I love it. I love that they even brought a female, the female Packlets, because I always said, you know, what do the women look like? <laughs> right. They gave it to me. <laughs> the answer is little... pretty much the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we also have coming in as we're since we're looking ahead to the new season, um, Talyn just yeah. joining yes. the crew, which I'm excited about. She was a huge fan favorite in that episode of the the Three Ships episode. So and just pairing her up with Tendi is such a good match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Talyn will be endlessly annoyed by Tendi. It'll be awesome. It's like Tuvok and Neelix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. yes. I'm totally. wondering if she's going to kind of become a, not a love triangle, but a triangle with Boimler and Mariner in that, you know, maybe Mariner's going to be jealous if Boimler likes her just as a friend even, you know, so that that's a possibility. Mm. Oh, and Mariner is still resigned her commission and she's still out, right? She's still hanging out with the... I think at the end, she and her mom she... made up and, you know, Ransom is going to uh, yeah. be in charge of her. Okay. I, I totally blanked out. That's right. So so she's back. Okay. <laughs> she's back. In fact, it was th- th- that was one of the things of they're packing so much in these episodes. They wrapped up her. She left. She's back so quickly. At the end, one episode. <laughs> you could easily miss it. As Matt did. I just did, yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. thinking back on it. I totally just forgot that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem with the animated shows is they, you know, and both of them use kind of the half hour with commercial structure so that they're not taking advantage of streaming to do extended 40 minute episodes. There, There's 22 minutes of runtime and that's all I think. For both that's of it. Those. Yeah. Well, so who would you like to see on Lower Decks that we haven't seen yet that you think would make sense? Is there anyone that any of you are particularly hoping for? Uh, like we got, you know, we got some Deep Space Nine folks. I mean, with all the TNG people coming to Picard now that it's like, well, you know, we don't want to be greedy. So it's really more fun if you want to, if you start looking at guest stars, perhaps instead of, you know, main yep. cast mm-hmm. stars. Although I would like to see some, you know, I'd like like some enterprise people maybe or something, you know. Um, and I think Mike has talked about how he really wants yep. to make that happen. So Billingsley is flocks or, you know, it'd be a lot of fun. Agreed. Paul. You know, I'm sure they could come up with something fun there. Oh, you just holodeck scenario is pretty the obvious. They have to come there. up with a way for them to still be around. I also, I do like your guest star idea. I mean, they did great with Cromwell. Yeah. James Cromwell. So there are lots of opportunities like that also. They had Delancey. So people, you know, yep. think, and they brought back um, Gomez. So someone like that, you know, I think they, um, they, they kind uh, of had, you know, we need them as, as, uh, Robin Leffler then speaking of that. And Marasta Yale. Those are the ones. I want. <laughs> yeah. I know. <You're... laughs> I'm like obsessed with her now. They actually, that actually would be really fun to just have her like show up. Pulaski. Oh. 
Lower Decks is Pulaski. No, it's never going to happen now. Yeah, Dan Maldor doesn't love care. I would love to come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be great, but Dan Maldor doesn't care anymore, and she's also fairly old. So. I know, but if she just had to do the voice, oh yeah, I'm with you. I think it's a good idea. I just don't know if it'll happen. I mean, you know that there will be two at least cool guest stars oh, yeah. showing yeah. up in the season. Two, yeah. So I wonder who. Yeah. And you know, Frakes again because Fra- I I could have sworn he told me he was in season three, but he wasn't, was he? Mm-mm. No. We got to check in on the on the jazzy Frakes, the fun Frakes. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> see what he's doing in the Titan. The thing about that show, at some point, these characters have to grow up and stop being ensigns. And I don't know when they're going to do that, but I feel like season four may be the end of them being ensigns. That's interesting. Yeah. It's a tricky one because that is part of the premise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's right there in the title. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it just uh, gets tricky. But I, at this point, I trust Mike McMahon and his team of great writers. So I feel like, all right, I mean, I'm not, there's nothing, I don't have any lines that I don't want them to cross at this point. I don't have concerns about Lower Decks the way I often have concerns about the other shows. Interesting. I'm supremely confident in Mike and his team. Absolutely. And I wasn't, at, when they first started, I was definitely nervous that it was going to be too jokey, too male, too Rick and Morty-ish, a lot of right, those things. Right. They've occasionally veered into moments like that, which is fine because they mix it up and that's you know have a moment sure but the whole show overall i love the sensibility of it and and that like the bird show for me it wasn't my favorite but it was it just showed like wow they can really go nuts (laughs) and and it's worth a try like i prefer shows that have the characters that i already love all over them but i i kind of admired them for for really taking such a i hate to use the expression big swing because everybody says it all the time about all the shows but it was it was the biggest swing it was crazy i wonder if they are now in a pattern though because essentially the bird episode was their version of the three ships episode a kind of yeah. experimental different storytelling structure episode so every season are they going to do a movie sequel type episode <laughs> and a weird different kind of episode like is that up on their, you know, writers' room board of, you know, Wait. let's talk about our weird episode. Let's do our. <laughs> Add that to your list the next time you're interviewing Mike, because that's a great question. I'd like to know the answer to that because I think the answer is yes, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think well, why like, not? Why not? Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, you're gonna have you know your funny episode, your your horror one, and you like absolutely out of the box, crazy episode. Speaking of shows that are finely tuned, let's talk about Star Trek Prodigy. That is my favorite of all the shows, as anyone who listens to this podcast knows. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, anybody who listens to our show, Sci-Fi Sisters, they know I do not like animation. And um, that was why I wasn't really looking forward to Lower Decks, and I really didn't care too much about Prodigy. And plus, it was on Nickelodeon. It was supposed to be for the kids. That has turned out to be one of my favorites of the shows. Absolutely. The Hagman brothers, you know, we interviewed them and I had to tell them, listen, mm-hmm. you won me completely over with this little gem. If you haven't watched that show, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's wrong with you. It is the best. It's the, I mean, every episode was just stellar. I really loved every single one of them. 
I agree. Yeah, I really think they, they did an amazing job. Like, that might be the strongest first season of a Trek show. Not ever, because TOS season one always wins. But other yeah. than that, it's... It's, it's up there. The it's up there yeah. with the original series, I yeah. think. It's really strong. It was really good. Certainly, it's the most well put together. It was obvious that they knew, and I'm talking about all 20, because we get caught up in what's a season. But in their mind, they have 20 episode season. And you could see now when you look back, and in 2022, we actually got 15 out of those 20 because of the they took a hiatus how they were building up to this finale the whole time. Yeah. It's some of the best writing that we've seen in years in Star Trek. And I, I love the show. Anyone who's not watching the show because it's a quote unquote kids show is missing out. Yeah. yeah. Truly. Well, and it's like uh, the, the Hagen brothers have said this too, is that they want this to be a four quadrant show, right? Which is like the whole family can watch it. And it's interesting to old and young and, and they, and they've nailed that. That's why don't dismiss it as a kid show. Right. Because they really have. It's- yeah. I mean, there are times when I'm watching it and my 19 year old walks by, sees what's going on, stops to watch the rest of the scene as he's on his way to wherever 19 year olds go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the things they do, but stops to watch the rest of the scene and goes, that was amazing. What is the, you know, asks what it is. I remind him it's prodigy. He thinks it's great. So, and just, that's just a scene. Right. Hey. So See, that, that that's all ages. I mean, yeah. I'm in my fifties. He's 19 and little and Tony's niece and nephew were watching it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and, and if you look, I mean, they're not afraid to take on serious subjects and deal with them in a serious way. Maybe not, you know, a perfect example of that is time amok, the split Mm -hmm. fractured episode, which is just fantastic. You could have easily done that kind of episode in one of the live action shows. And the only nod to this being a kid's show is that thing at the end where they had the thing where they asked how long was rock kind of in her own little time frame. Right. And and Janeway said too long. Like we never found out it was four years or whatever it was because it would it'd be too it's just too sad. Yeah. It was sad enough already, you know. Yeah. But, it was yeah. You know, so they take little shortcuts here and there to avoid us seeing, you know, dead bodies floating through the air during the space <laughs> battles and stuff like that, even though clearly a lot of people died in the finale because we did see some ships floating around. Ooh, that was rough. Yeah. You know, so they aren't talking down to their audience, you know, but that's because really that's not how kids shows work anymore, really. Yeah. Yes. No, that's right. It was a lot of science in the last 10. I mean, they were going for it. I, I had to I had to roll it back. OK, wait a minute. Are we doing a merged warp bubble? OK, fine. All right. So now, what do we <laughs> now? we're going to go into yeah. the it's going to be you're going to open up a rift, but you're going to blow up what? <laughs> it was. I said, Aaron McDonald was busy on this show. Yeah. Science. Yeah. And it wasn't kid science. They were giving it to you. And it was like, all right, when you're older and you're watching this show, you can figure out what this really is. But right now, all you need to know is mm-hmm. we're going to connect the ships in the warp bubble. I'm like, what? But they also talk about real science stuff on the show all the yes. time. And I, I certainly hope that kids are watching the show and they go, oh, that's interesting. And they look it up and they... They learn about, you know, whatever it is about language or stars or whatever, because a lot of the stuff they talk about on the show is is genuine, not sci-fi science. 
Well, how many, look, as, as a kid watching the original series, I learned words like terms, phrases, scientific Mm -hmm. principles, all kinds of things that helped me in school, that helped me in my life, that gave me information. And so I could totally see that happening with this generation because of Prodigy, which does such a nice job of finding, I think, just the right balance of how much to explain and how much not to explain. And then they have these great explainer videos that are separate on social media for people who want to come and find them. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. This is one of my favorite of the new Trek shows. And even it's just one of my favorite Trek shows. Yeah. And it's sneaky in that if you think (laughs) about how the show started, well, obviously they started with the Janeway hologram character, but it has been, you know, kind of slowly, 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 slowly adding more and more Star Trek, which is they told us this in the interviews way back, you know, in 2021, that as they get closer to the Federation, they're going to be adding more of these elements. And that's exactly what they did. And it was a great way to introduce new audiences to Star Trek. And when you watch the finale, it's kind of all Federation, Starfleet, spaceships. And you think about way back where the show started and, and, and that shows you the progression that they took. I guess, you know, this is a good way to start talking about the next season because now they're in it. You know, the, the audience knows what warp is and a transporter and a phaser and a tricorder and they're in the Federation and Janeway's getting a new ship. I saw someone posted in our Slack that there was a picture of a Trojan horse and it. Oh, I posted that. <laughs> it was a, it was a meme I've seen before, but it was like the Trojan horse and inside it was like the Voyager sequel or something. And yeah. then the outside it was prodigy. And then what was behind the thing that they were bringing it to? I don't even remember, like, I don't know. Like the Paramount, to, yeah, Paramount, Paramount executives or something. Paramount, yeah. yeah Cause it, this show is basically, see, you know, it's like, Janeway is going to be the captain of a new ship. We think it's going to be called the USS Voyager A. And the kids are on board. And, I, and they're looking for Chakotay. So, yeah. And they're looking, yeah. yeah. And, and I bet there's at least one legacy character, Naomi Wap. Someone's on that ship. Oh, Ensign Kim as something other than an ensign. That's yes. <laughs> yeah. Commander I, Kim. <laughs> I guess another obvious person could be the doctor, like the holographic doctor. He could be oh, on board the Voyager A, you know? Please Tuvok. Tuvok. Oh, yeah. Tuvok would be great. In fact, we know Tuvok is out there doing stuff because he made a non-speaking little appearance in a, in that little flashback on Lower Decks. He's part of that commando squad. And so. they've mentioned oh, yeah. Balana in that. Was that just in the logs and Captain Janeway's logs? Where yeah, she I think it's Balana? only been. Balana is show. involved in building the ship or something. Yeah, building so the Dauntless. They've opened the door really for any of them. Yeah, I mean, we I'll already had Tom Paris on Lower Decks. And season two is going to have two tracks. Ella Purnell's talked about how there's a long distance thing going on between right. her and yeah, Dow. Yeah, going to Solemn. So she's, I guess, on her own ship. And I we're assuming that ship has other Starfleet people. So maybe she's got a, a familiar you know, a person with her, like a Tuvok or someone like that, to help Ooh. her with her first contact mission. That yeah. could be very cool. That's a good idea. Tuvok going after Chakotay, that'd be, you know, the full circle. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. What? Going You're after right. him again. Do I have yeah. to go right. to the Badlands again and get this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I have Hell to keep yeah. coming after you. <laughs> I always felt like they were kids, so where's Neelix? I wanted to see Neelix. <laughs> An animated Neelix, Neelix would be so fun. fun. 
I know he's back in the Delta Quadrant, yeah. but you know. Well, they can get the, well, I don't know. They got to get a new protostar, right? I mean, that. listen, I am a ship person, and that ship was one of my favorites. The protostar, I'm telling you, when they, I hope, spoilers, people, when they <laughs> blew that ship up, I was just in tears. I, I could not believe they were going to blow it up. I mean, it was, a, they had a good reason, but oh, my goodness. What a fantastic idea. That ship was the bomb. Mm-hmm. Well, they Literally. did make another one. Yeah, yeah buddy, what is the bomb? <laughs> you're gonna have to. That was, oh, and I loved even the animation of it when it was really going into its speed, and it looked like Voyager. It had the same kind of, you know, kind of like oval uh, silhouette, yeah. unlike the round silhouette of the other ship, the Constellation class, and you know, the Constitution class. It had that 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 look of Voyager, and even when the nacelles rolled up, I was like, oh yeah, give me Voyager, give me the protostar. So yep. they knew what it. they were doing there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just yeah. The, the ship was just, it just. I love when it, it, you know, in the beginning titles, it looked like the Delta, just, you know, the Star Trek Delta itself flying through the thing. I mean, I just love that show. Yeah, and it was a small ship, which is perfect for the first season because it'd be ridiculous for the kids to be controlling some huge right. starship. It was oh, yeah. really very small. You couldn't put a shuttle in it. Obviously, you know, that was how small it was. They had to build vehicles on the fly because, you know, it didn't even have a shuttle bay. Yeah, you Um, saw it when it was up against the Dauntless. It was it was tiny. Tiny. Which, again, shows how season two is going to be a whole different thing because they're not going to be on a protostar. We're guessing they're going to be on a a traditional big starship and lots of people running around. Yes. They're going to have to yeah. go through another phase where they think they know it all, but it's like, no, 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 little boy, you don't. And you're in the real Federation. Yeah, right. and they're used a to doing Star things Fleet. themselves. And right. they're not going to be gonna able be... to do that. They're going to have to go get permission and yeah, discuss it with people. Yeah. And yeah. All thinks he's a captain. I'm like, well, yeah. he's going to get slapped back. Yeah. He is, yeah. He's going to go do something immediately on his own and then yes. forget to ask, ask, ask for permission, you know, and yes. I think Rock will fit in fine with supervision, but Dal is definitely, and I think Brett Gray has talked about how his ego is going to be in check in season mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. And then Murph is just a whole other issue. Murph is a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even sure. I yeah, want to know I, how yeah. old he's going to be <laughs> in that season. Cause he's, he's gone from baby infant to toddler. Yeah, because he's like two, basically, at this point, right? I mean, (laughs) somehow he's an officer in training or whatever. I hate to say it, like the same age as Kess when we met her on Voyager. Yeah, that's true. It's like (laughs) Kess, yeah. Yeah. And you see what happened there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, we all know how that went. So, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's right. (laughs) I'm curious, though, if if they're going to do these jumps, like, you know, where he's going to have a new metamorphosis. So, He's going to jump to teenager in, in season two, or is, is this new toddler just going to slowly grow up? I'm hoping we get another jump. Same. Oh, yeah. Same. I feel like they have to. That's just like his life cycle. I mean, yeah. I just, yeah. I just want to see him in like a cocoon or something again. You know? Yes. <laughs> and burst out of there. You know, a teenager. <laughs> yeah. A lot of attitude. Yeah. yeah. He's a teenager. Like. <laughs> All right, should we move on to our final okay. show that we're going to talk about? The f- show that started the whole new era of Star Trek back in 2017, Star Trek Discovery. It's my show, my captain. So we got half of season four 
in 2022. So, um, Sabrina, why don't you know? Since you love the show, you were just saying, what did you think of season four, especially how they wrapped it up? Season four definitely was it was a slog in some places. Again, like Picard, there was so much good stuff that they put out there, and then just just seemed to not be able to tie up or I don't know what, you know, a lot of stuff going on. Why they had to destroy a whole planet again. They just love to blow up planets in these newer Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, they do. What now? You're going to blow the whole planet up? So that was, that was a little, you know, I, I was, I found that really upsetting. Um, I thought the 10 C was brilliant though. I, I really enjoyed that episode where they finally got there across the barrier. I mean, you know, how many times have we seen the Enterprise coming up against that barrier, you know? Mm-hmm. So I loved that. And that that callback to TOS, you know, getting through that barrier and even the movies where they were going into the, the barrier. I, I, I love that part of it. I feel sometimes they bring in these new characters like the president and even uh, Tarina and all these other people to the detriment of the crew. So, I mean, I like seeing these people and I like these storylines that are developing, but I really, you know, give me more of that bridge crew. You still, you still aren't giving it to me and you bring in all, all these yep. people and you got the president of the Federation on the daggone ship. Really? Why? I don't understand. <laughs> Why is she on the mission? But okay, fine. But other than that, I, was, I loved it. I loved it. And, you know, Sonequa is my queen. I love her. Sonequa. Hey girl, how you doing? Because <laughs> <laughs> we know she's listening. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know you are, Sonequa. But uh, she was so nice. She just did our show, and we we just completely fangirled and got completely stupid with her. I mean, we <laughs> definitely a a moment for all of us in the Sci-Fi Sisters to have Sonequa oh, on great. the show. She's delightful. I mean, I worked yeah, on After Trek, awesome. the after show in the first season, and she was. There's just something about her that yes. is unlike anyone I've ever met, to be honest. Yeah, like there's a vibe around that woman, and you just get this warmth and this. And you know, in inter- it's so funny because in interviews she has to be so careful and she can't say anything, and so she's she says a lot without saying a lot. But when you're actually just having a conversation with her and you're face to face, she's the most real person. Yeah, very very genuine. And everyone who has talked about working on the show talks about how she has set the tone for this show and they all love each other and it's all kind of starts with her because she's number one on the call sheet and you could definitely tell that you know when you see the behind the scenes stuff that this is a show where they really do love each other and i i've talked to a lot of them off the record and it's true you know so i i enjoyed season four i thought it was better than season three i love that they jumped to a new era in general but they handled it better in season four and I thought that the, in 2022, they started off really strong. I really liked that episode all in. They went to the yeah. gambling planet because mm-hmm. you know, that, that was a perfect example of how they could do a standalone episode with its own little story, but also serve the overall plot arc and some character stuff, but not get bogged down and trying to do too many character things because they right. and I and I think the season wrapped up pretty well. Certainly for the series, it was the best season finale of the series. <laughs> Complete um, satisfaction. <laughs> and I agree with you about the 10 C. I like the scientific villain, as it were, you know, the, the, as a, and, and how they handled that. It was very, you know, Carl Sagan. And yeah. so I think season four was a strong season with some issues, but definitely some real highlights in there. 
I had a very interesting experience because I decided to rewatch just the episodes that aired in 2022 um, this week. I kind of whipped through them. I didn't, I, I skipped maybe a few in the middle, but I enjoyed it. I had a very different experience because I did feel that slug the first time we watched it. And it just felt so painstaking and so slow that I thought your attempt to convey uncertainty is too successful because it's too <laughs> annoying. Like it's frustrating and slow. And then when I watched it this time, I really enjoyed it so much more. And I felt like the scenes were strong and we moved on to the next thing. It didn't feel so sloggy. Part of that is binging, but it just didn't feel as sloggy and the moments felt bigger and more important. And I got to say in that finale, when book is brought back, I cried so hard. One of my contacts fell out (laughs) (laughs) and I knew it was happening. I'd already seen it. (laughs) I'm in love with book. That's oh god, I know, but your heart—it was in your throat. I was like, you—you're not gonna, you gotta, but you're not gonna, are you? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And watching it again, and I watch it multiple times because we review it. I had all those same feelings, right? Like even though I knew, but I did, I did think it was a strong. When I look back, I think it will be seen as a strong season of the show. Yeah, there's something about binging versus watching it. As it airs, it really is. That's how I became to. That's how I came to be a real fan of Enterprise. Binging it, yeah. I, and then I was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. this show was really good." <laughs> well, Picard season one also as a binge works so much better. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. Matt, what did you think of Discovery this season? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, it's it's hard to disagree with what you guys said. I, I I agree with all of that. I think season four was like overall the strongest season they probably have done as far as sort of a coherent story. I loved the 10 C, you know, that they're very different than us instead of just another bipedal alien of some sort, right? They're very different than us. And it's almost impossible. It seems to communicate with them, you know, until they figure it out, of course, but that's the kind of stuff like that, you know, that's, that's a huge part of Star Trek that, that I feel like was missing too. this actually something unknown right something truly different and unknown and i was so glad that they really went there and, and you know tried that this season so yeah i love i loved the way it wrapped up same thing slog in the middle unfortunately like they had a lot of stuff to service kind of in that first half you know the 2021 episodes which are which are too bad so we, laura you actually you're talking about watching the second part that's actually the part that really all comes together i think so it's nice right it's that first half that has the problems i think and I agree so. that some of the main characters were sidelined. I mean, Stamets. Oh, I felt Stamets yeah. was really sidelined because um, he's time. someone I enjoyed so much. And and there were great st- – like Tig was a total standout, and she was great. She was barely she, there, though, unfortunately. But, but when she was, her, she was so strong, and they, <laughs> re- they used her well when yeah. she was physically there. But, yeah, all those extra characters definitely took time away from our regulars. And, of course, Tilly is a big – loss because she was out of a whole lot getting back to the finale when she came back it reminded you like there was this hole in the show essentially and she filled the hole again and the good news i guess we could transition to season five now is it looks like she's back in at least a recurring role if not a regular on the ship 
I'm sure they'll explain it all, but you know, I don't really care what they say. You know, like, oh, I hated my job at the academy. I'm back. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> as long yeah. as she's there, I don't care what it is. I was fired. <laughs> Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just come back. Yeah. What are people excited about for season five or concerned about or whatever? I don't know if any concerns. I'm actually really interested to see them finally kind of like decide that they can chill out and do an adventurous show. You know, like it looks like a, as I think everybody kind of kept caught up on, you know, caught on. It's, it's very got like an Indiana Jones vibe to it, which, you know what? Like, cool. Why not? That's, that's fun. Like let's, especially the discovery, which started out very dark right and very serious and they've worked their way (laughs) they've jumped forward they've worked their way through a lot of this yeah michael burnham has come full circle right like she's she came full circle and then got promoted to captain which is awesome so let's let's go there let's have a different kind of adventurous like galaxy hopping you know kind of whatever to like i'm i'm so i'm I'm pretty excited to see where this goes they've those characters have earned the right to have some fun my exactly. Goodness. Let's let they them have some fun. So much. Yeah. I'd like to see them get off the ship for a minute, though, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I would that like too. the adventure. You know, it sounds to me like it's going to be almost like the chase. Oh, You're yeah. going to be going from planet to planet. And I'd like to see what shape these planets are in after the burn. And now that dilithium is back and all of that. But I would like to see some of the characters, you know, take a shore leave. Just, you know. Yes. Yeah. Get away from, you've been with each other for four years. Like, meet some new people. (laughs) (laughs) True. That's so true. They actually released a trailer and some images, and it showed a lot of either location or volume shooting off the ship. So I think they get that message. I think that is coming, or maybe that's just at least what they put in the trailer. So, yeah, I I think every season they're, they're always kind of reacting to a criticism of the show. And this season, they're like, okay, people always say the stakes are too galactic and Michael's constantly saving the galaxy. So this season, she's not going to save the galaxy from being destroyed. She's going to find this mysterious mystery thing. It's like a treasure hunt. And they've got some other people who are, you know, trying to get the treasure, but they don't seem like bad guys, more just kind of competitors and... They've introduced Callum Keith Rennie, who's playing this Vulcan, and he's such a serious guy who's on uh, Battlestar Galactica and some other shows. I feel like maybe they're bringing him on because he's to make all the all of our characters seem more lighthearted because this guy is <laughs> serious, super serious. And he's playing a Vulcan who's gruff. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this quote unquote epic adventure season, and I hope they stick with that. It's going to be shorter too. The only ten. Of, well, they're well, just doing. Yeah. They're going to ten again. It's or? ten. Yeah, they're standardizing. Yeah, so, yeah they 10. started with fourteen yeah. the first season, right? They had, it was more. They because they ended up at they, like it got longer. I think, I think it was and they fifteen did a in the end, right? Yeah, first, and they yeah. did a mid-season break. But uh, I feel like I miss them. You know, it's been a while. Oh, I so miss this show. I, I, I me watching it all the time. It's like, come on, when are we going to get some new discovery? I, I have a thing. You know what I hope they're looking for? <laughs> I was sitting there. What could they be looking for? Are they going to be looking for like a new source of energy? Because that was one of the big things. They're going to be looking for a weapon. I mean, medicine. Well, yeah. So I said, you remember, remember the uh, Captain's Holiday? And the, 
the tots who thought, you know, what oh, yeah. Yeah. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, well, you're in the future. That's right. Now this is going to yeah. be, the, that's going to be in the past. Uh-huh. And I know Picard was supposed to have blown it up, but maybe there were two of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also that, that those aliens kept trying and trying, right? So right. Like, who knows? I said, who knows? looking for the, the, the <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Because it was some like it was some really incredible thing, right? What was it? It Right, supposed to be a. It was going to stop a star. I could. I I swear to God, if they figured out, it's like okay, that thing is like the new energy source. I mean, they're looking for that thing. I swear to God, wait till you see. That's my prediction. I like it. We'll see what happens. (laughs) I'm gonna throw that on the wall. They really avoid like really tying stuff into lore. I think sometimes like I think they prefer to come up with something weird on their own. So it would be fun. It's a cool theory. It's kind of like when we thought the burn was going to be all tied to the Omega molecule and it actually would have made more sense, but they <laughs> yeah, I, I it, it was like, it was just sitting there waiting <laughs> yeah, for them, you right. know, but they, they prefer not to do that kind of stuff. Um, I Which think. I respect. I mean that's fine. Yeah. Because I don't like want to them to do thing is. I don't want too much of it. But um but yeah, that did seem like that was where they were headed and then it was a kid was yelling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did not have that as my guess. Which no. is the point, you know? Like okay, sure. you surprised me. Congratulations. And we are gonna have some couriers on in some that's gonna be interesting. That's right. Yeah. Some couriers. We're gonna have some of the Michael's old group of uh, former couriers running around in there too, right? Yeah. The, yeah. What I was saying, the competitors that they they're introducing two new characters who were former couriers. Oh, that the, okay. Yeah. Bonnie so and the, Clyde types, they say. Right. So they're not going to be over the top villain. I mean, like the Osira villain was just the worst. Ridiculous. Oof. Yeah. You know, I think they just want to avoid that kind of stuff. And even in season. The last season when they introduced Tarka and then he kind of slow. I mean, he was an interesting character, great actor, but he kind of became the villain in a, a, by the end. And he was this mad scientist. Hopefully they they stick the landing and they don't have a big bad. You know, they'll be you know, they're going to shoot people and stuff like that, you know, because that happens. But I hope they avoid kind of a any kind of mustache twirling villain through this season. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing is just going to be the MacGuffin. Right. Yep. I still don't know what they're doing about the two captains thing. Because Saru's a captain. I love Saru. We know he's going to be hooking up more with Tarina. But how do they have two captains on a ship? I mean, they, there was a reason in season four. They got away with it. But it just it's just kind of doesn't make any sense, really. But Saru always strikes me as someone that doesn't really want the chair. He's capable of the chair. And he could take it, you know. One of my favorites is when he blew up, you know, the Empress's ship there. I mean, Zeru was all about it. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I always get the feeling that if he's not going to be the captain and he has to be number one, he's completely fine with that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think so. I agree with that. But, I mean, it's true. He does have that rank for whatever it's worth. Like, who knows what to do with it. Though. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know how you reconcile that. It is a problem. You don't want to demote him. I've always thought you have to give him some kind of special role that he's also doing in addition, something about being uh, an ambassador, some, you know, just some extra job or something like yeah, that. I don't know. True. Um, but uh, no, I'm I'm definitely excited to see the new direction for the show. 
And, you know, because every season they're like, let's keep more of what's working and lose some stuff that isn't working. So the show's getting better. Shaniqua said she was excited, too. She said she thinks they're going to be very happy. (laughs) (laughs) They always say that. (laughs) To be fair. The show is like, I can't believe what we did. (laughs) (laughs) They're all usually pretty excited. But uh, but that crew and I just I, they also just love an excuse to be together as we've said so. <laughs> also, you know, there is a, a practical side. Both, you know, that this is all of the seasons for twenty twenty two were shot with more strict COVID protocols. Although there still were COVID protocols, they're they're going to be more relaxed for these other ones, especially Discovery. It's further away from when she. I mean, she just had a kid at the beginning of season yeah. four. So, you know, she's going to be in a better place to be doing stunts and stuff like that, I think. She also lost five. both of her parents. Wait, right? Right like before season four. Like, she had such a terrible... Oh, I, I missed mean, that. That's awful. Like, like, the beauty of new life and then this tragedy. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what happened, but she's, you know, as a person, she's been through a lot. Yeah. So, I also do think that, that COVID not only affected shooting, but I think it affected writing just in the sense of the feelings everybody had when they were writing and i feel like you can see that in a lot of the shows people were feeling isolation people were feeling disconnection yeah yeah because that would be discovery season four and picard season two yes both really affected by it yeah yeah i felt i Mm -hmm. felt that in in both for sure so those are the shows we have a few other things to think about for 2023 so one is that I think we'll finally get an announcement of what the next show is going to be. Don't you think? Seems like sometime this year they have to say something because Picard is leaving, right? It's done for now. So they want to fill that roster, right? Well, we're going to look back at this era of 2022 and 2023, not just for Star Trek and Paramount, but for all shows. And it's like there was a kind of perfect storm of, the, the pandemic ended and every show went back into production. Yeah. And the networks, the streamers were just throwing money. So there was, there's just so much TV, great TV in 2022. And there's going to be a lot in 2023 and things are going to slow down. There's just going right. to be less of it. So I don't expect there are going to be five seasons of Star Trek in 2024. You know, I, I think we may have peaked. So we shouldn't assume that this that they're going to re- immediately replace Picard. And if they end Discovery, they're going to immediately have another show. And But do you think they're going to announce something well, they've have, this year? Yeah, they've got stuff in the back burner somewhere. They've though, got right? so many I mean, things on the back burner. A lot yeah. of ideas have been talked about. Yeah, I mean, I think they will, but I'm not sure when it's going to come out. And this, we were just talking about Discovery. Maybe they push Discovery to 2024 instead of rolling it out at the end of 2023. So, oh, you know, I know. <laughs> well, you know, Discovery's they've already wrapped the fifth season. And so generally, if you're going to go with what we know from history, it's seven seasons. And they're coming to probably the end of their run. So if I yeah. were in charge, I would get I would be thinking about what's going to take Discovery's place, not just yep. Picard. But, you know, you got to think the long game here. And, you know, we've got two more shooting seasons and then you need another show because that's yep. your that's your big show. Yes. Although they've got Strange New Worlds. I, I think they may be happy with two live actions and two animated shows. That may be enough for them. 
And so they'll have to decide if the Academy show, which everyone's talking about happening, and even the um, the showrunners for Prodigy were saying that back when they were writing the finale, one of the reasons they didn't immediately put the kids into Starfleet Academy is because there was this talk of a new Academy show, which they've been talking about for a long time. Right. If that show goes forward, then, you know, what happens to Terry's dream about this legacy 25th century show? Can they afford both? All the media stocks are, I don't want to get bogged down, but they don't have the money for just tons and tons of shows anymore. And, no, it's, and it's obviously not even just Paramount. Like the whole industry is in a yeah. state of what are we doing and how are we moving forward? Yeah, Netflix is canceling shows after one season that people thought were doing well. You know, I don't want to be all doom and gloom, but uh, I'm I'm assuming they'll announce one show in 2020, not two, is my yeah. prediction. Right. Well, that's that seems reasonable. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily be two. I think there was a while where we felt like there were there could be any number of them, and even Alex Kirshen <laughs> was like, "I think they'll let us do as many as we want to," and then. I mean, everything shifted in the yeah, whole industry. Yeah, I think that's all yeah, being reevaluated now. I'm looking forward to, I expect there's going to be another a full cast audio tie-in to, to Picard or one of the other shows. They're going to do some Prodigy books we know are coming. There's going to be a Strange New World book. So I like how the, the, the extended universe is growing. We saw a Prodigy game in 2022. You know, I'm a big fan of extended universe stuff and... This looks like a good year for even more of that. And toys, too. Oh, yeah. Like the Prodigy toys are finally going to show up. Oh, I'm excited. Bring it. I want them. Yeah. Yeah. And then we might have this podcast from Nick Meyer, although I don't feel like that's set in stone. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The the con Seti Alpha 5 podcast that they sort of just talked about randomly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they, they, they went to the trope. I mean, they brought him to Star Trek Day. Yep. They announced the show. Okay. They didn't have to do that. I suspect they're still working on it. But yeah, that could that and that could just show up anytime, you know. But uh, it takes a lot less to produce, even though it would be a full cast and kind of thing. So there's still some production stuff to go into it. So, but 2023 could be the year for that show for sure. Well, before we wrap things up, I would love to talk. To- Briefly about something that's actually coming up on January 14th of 2023 that Sabrina is very involved in. Ooh, baby. Why don't you give us the (laughs) the lowdown? Yes, we are coming up with another year for Trek Talks 2. It is the fundraiser for the Hollywood Food Coalition, which is um, a joint effort with Trek Geeks. And it's uh, John Billingsley, Hollywood Food Coalition. John Billingsley, who played Dr. Phlox on Enterprise. Is, is involved in this. David Livingston is also on the board, and it is going to be a full day of programming of all the stars that you could ever want to see from Star Trek. It is going to be great. Uh, we've got some extra hours in this year, going from 12, I think, noon to 9 p.m., and we've got a really big financial goal to help the Hollywood Food Coalition. Uh, we made about 80000 last year, which was well beyond what we thought we were going to do, so we've got some big shoes to fill this year. Wow, yeah. But I think um, judging, if you're seeing the announcements of who Anson just announced today, Anson Mount announced today that he would be there. Oh, uh, nice. so That was great. And it's just going to be a lot of people. Just look for the schedule. It's still forming. Uh, I'm still doing some taping tomorrow. I've got some interviews. I'm interviewing uh, Anthony Montgomery tomorrow. 
and Bob Picardo, and I'm interviewing um, John Billingsley tomorrow. So those three are mine. And um, it's just going to be, I, I saw some of the best panels last year, and I think this year is going to be even better. A lot of people came back that, you know, uh, the Section 31 chief came back with Saval from the Enterprise. I mean, and, you know, they were doing, uh, it was just great, like a reunion. So um, lo- I'm looking forward to a lot of people on this show, and it's going to be just, I can't wait. I can't wait. So get ready for the whole day. Um, it's going to be taped. You can always, you know, see it again, but come in live. It's always best when you come in live. January 14th, Martin Luther King weekend, save the day. I have to say last year, I loved it. I was riveted. I thought I would watch a little bit, fade in and out, come back. I ended up in front of my laptop, moving it around the house the whole time. And I think I donated like two or three times over the course of the day because I just felt like, oh my God, they're giving me so much. And it's, it's such a great, I love organizations that are very direct with what they do. They don't just take the money and fund it to different, you know, they're actually, here are meals for everybody right here. When we saw what they really did during COVID and everything else, and there was, I, 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 I knew what we were getting into. I said, oh, you know, this is a great cause, you know, we're going to help the, the, you know, feed people in LA, great. But when I saw the breadth of what they do, I was just really proud to have been part of it. I felt really good that anything that came out of my mouth that made anybody open and give a dollar or two for them to help people get back on their feet, get a hot meal, get, you know, their COVID shots, get this and that. I mean, it was just amazing what they were doing out there on the front lines, boots on the ground. That's who you're giving money to. Yep. That's awesome. That's who we, who needs it. Boots on the ground, right? Uh, yeah. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully we, uh, hopefully they start. Uh, this is a good thing to watch if you want breaking news because the Hageman brothers are going to be there. And, you know, a lot of people talking about the new shows, Anson, maybe he'll be dropping some season through two hints. So it's yeah. definitely worth checking out. So the schedule will be coming out. We're still having some um, last minute entries coming in and moving people around on the, you know, the, the clock, but it's going to be a packed day. TrekTalks.net is where to get information on the live stream event. So that's it for our first episode of 2023. Lori and I are going to be taking a week off and then we'll be back the week after that for another episode of All Access Star Trek running up to the season premiere in February of Picard season three. Thank you, Matt and Sabrina, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Lots of fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. And that's it for the week. We'll see you in two weeks. Goodbye.